Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Let's start off quickly with show notes today. We have our August medium event coming up on the 27th. It is currently sold out, but we do have tickets on sale for our December 14th event. Uh, Very limited seats left, but it's still an opportunity. You can head over to buysarlow.com to purchase your tickets there. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It can be found on the same website, bysarlow.com. Those are 10-minute shows. They air the first Monday to Friday, so there's five of them, and they're 10 minutes each. And they're a wonderful resource for emotional, spiritual, and social intelligence. And last but not least, we have personal sessions and gift certificates available for purchase on the website, bysarlow.com, where you can contact us directly. Personal sessions can be experienced anywhere in the world. All right. So we're going to start today's show? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, this began with you and I talking yesterday when we were going to the beach, eh? Mm -hmm. Driving in the car and how you were talking about a dream. Yeah, it was kind of coming back in bits and pieces. And I was just recalling that in the dream I had had a head-on collision. And it's not too often that I die in my own dream. And maybe some will agree and maybe some will disagree with their own experience. But I remember being the driver and I was trying to avoid something and I pulled into oncoming traffic, so kind of swerved to the left here in Canada. And I was met with a much bigger, I don't know if it was a transport, but a much bigger vehicle, almost like a U-Haul. And I knew that that was it. I knew that there was a passenger next to me, but I don't recall who it was. And I remember bracing myself for the the upcoming impact. And I took my hands off the wheel and I put my head to the left and closed my eyes. So there was an element of surrender. And then I recall almost like in a movie where when people are running through dimensions or through walls, they keep running, but as they get into the next room, they slow down. And I just remember that feeling or sensation of going through something. And then it came to a slow, but nothing felt jarring, nothing felt violent. And there I was, just on the other side. Dead. Mm -hmm. I think TV has done a very good job of showing people what that can be like, Kelly, how smooth it can be. Yeah, it's just a very seamless transition from one reality to the next. I like how they do it too, and that they show it in all of those phases, in all of those moments, how time changes and slows down, but how the emotions can stay very calm and very fluid. Not like you said, it's not a jarring experience. So I remember saying to you in the car, this will be the Coffee with the Sarlo show for this coming Saturday, because it has so much to do with how I've heard some people relay how they experienced a crossing over, how they died. Hearing this from dead people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a medium. And not everybody. So I wanted to also say that it's not that I hear that from every single soul, mm-hmm. but that some souls experience it very, very smoothly, very peacefully. There's a, so much kindness in the experience and gentleness. And I think it's important here because we can often think that a death is violent, full of fear, um, prolonged. Mm. Yep. Especially in the case where the physical experience is violence. 
or the, I should say the human experience. What, what, what had you said? Sorry. Well, I said the physical, but uh. there was an element of when you cross, you, there's that moment where you do kind of still carry your physical with yourself. So mm-hmm. you can still identify that it's you, that you're the one in the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I okay. think the human experience, like the car accident itself is violent. It's a collision. And there's other people involved that that can be the thing that we hold on to as the loved ones where we f- we experience grief over and over again because of what we visualize. Often I have to give that message in treatments from somebody who's crossed over and they may begin sessions sometimes by saying you have to tell him or her, meaning the person in the room, the human, their loved one that's still on earth. You have to tell them to stop playing my death over and over again in their head. All, and because it creates tremendous amounts of anxiety, anger, frustration, sadness, panic, terror, all kinds of emotions that just go into a depression or can create a depression for the person who's alive. Some people who are grieving and hear this may need to hear it right now, sit down and pause and realize that if they continue to think in those terms, Cal, that they are going to create their own depression and that this could be a very difficult one to come out of if they just keep playing that loop over and over again in their head. When we hear someone has passed that we've loved or known and we hear that it's a tragic or a painful experience for that person who died, I think it's really important for us to listen to it, know that they experience that, and try our hardest to recognize that they've moved beyond that when they've died. We need to hold in our mind that when people cross over, that they heal, that they receive peace, that they are no longer in pain, that they are no longer struggling, and remember that each time we think of them. I think it's interesting if you can kind of view it or put it in perspective of an injury when you continue to keep living. For example, if you've broken a bone, yep, you're in a cast for a little while, you move through it, the bone heals, you continue on with life. It's the same thing when you die. I'll liken it to something less than a physical experience. Let's say you go through an emotional trauma, such as a divorce, someone leaves, Yes, you might be in a complete state of grief, but that only lasts for so long. There's a healing process. We move through it. We don't become the person who's stuck in that single moment in a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And this brings it back to that whole concept of time that we have to recognize and try and put into our heads that when we cross over, they move through time differently and that it doesn't take them as long. So it's not going to take them six weeks to heal from a broken ankle. Mm -hmm. It's not going to take them eternity to heal from a car accident or a murder or however they have died. And this is something that I learned great lessons with in helping people who'd come to see us for treatments for medium whose family members had been murdered. One of the first messages that their loved ones wanted to say to them immediately at the beginning of those sessions was that they were happy, that they were at the lake, that they were content or doing the things that they'd love to do and would say those things so that the person could think of them playing a baseball game, sitting at the lake in the canoe, being peaceful. It was one of the very, very first things. And I thought, wow, that is 
so important for the surviving family members or friends or people on earth to hear. Yeah, because if you go into a doctor's office with a severe bruise on your arm and the doctor sits there and pushes their thumb into the bruise and begins to give you information, you can't focus. You can't intake the message properly Mm -hmm. or wholly. We have to alleviate the pain first. And if that is the image of how they crossed or how they died, because those can be two separate things, then they're able to actually receive the messages. Then they're able to actually communicate and be at ease. I won't say peace because some people don't ever get there, but at least be at a little bit more ease when they hear the message. Mm -hmm. I think ease means process too, Cal, that they get to go through different processes then. And that's what grieving is. It's a whole series of processes. And some of them you repeat over and over again. But boy, if you can't get it out of your head that you're just constantly thinking about them in terms of the pain of the death that they experienced, it blocks your process from moving in any direction. I'm glad we took time to explain all of that. Now, I do want to go back because I know this podcast is going to go in a couple different directions based on time and processing passing. But I want to go back to the dream for a second because as I passed and walked into or transitioned into this other realm where I knew I was dead, my grandmother was standing there. Mm -hmm. And she, as far as I know, is currently alive by physical standards. Mm -hmm. She's got severe Alzheimer's and dementia. So Mm -hmm. she's not lucid, not conscious, however you want to put that. But I remember her being very present. What was she like? Silent. I don't remember hearing a voice. I just remember her standing next to me and me saying to her, oh, I'm dead, but you're not. What are you doing here? Mm. So you were aware of that in the dream Mm -hmm. that she's alive with Alzheimer's, Mm -hmm. but in a different state of consciousness. So Kelly, I'm going to tie a little bit of this back in now because we're talking about somebody with Alzheimer's and we're talking about, well, your grandma being in a different state of consciousness and how time is different in their states of consciousness. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've learned in communicating on behalf of the nonverbal. Understanding when speaking to clients who are in comas or any form of not being able to be verbal, cerebral palsy for some of them, there's a variety. Children, babies, all kinds of different things that you and I have done where they talk about time being different where they are not stuck or in the same confines as we are when I'll say we are verbal and capable of moving around and looking at a watch and being able to go to work and say at three o'clock I have to get to here and at four o'clock I have to do this. But that when someone is in another state of consciousness, that time is different for them as well. And some, some people have come in and said, okay, My dad had cerebral palsy and at the end for five, six years, he was unconscious or he was non-communicative. Did he experience time the same as us? And his response was no, that he did not, in fact, experience it the same. That there were many times where during a day or an evening where he is in another state of consciousness and he is explaining to me that he can be pure energy. He can be with all of his children at the same time. He can visit all of his grandchildren. He can see what they're doing at a school in another city from him, where he can see what his wife is doing as she's off in a different building in a different part of the city, and that he can be outside 
of the restrictions of the human body. Yeah, because what you're talking about is nonlinear. So I think a lot of humans will follow you to a certain degree if this is the first time they're hearing something like this, where they'll think, oh yeah, I know what it's like to love all my children at one time, even if they're not in the same city. But they think or they visualize this person or their body floating up and going to visit one by one. And I want to reiterate what you're saying, and I know I'm repeating it, roles are reversed here, that he can fractal and be in many different places at once. And that that time frame where he's he's in multiple locations can be a split second of what we experience sneezing. This would be a wonderful opportunity to plug Greg Braden's book, Fractal Time. You're referring to fractals right there. And he does a very good job as a scientist to explain to people who are non-believers in these concepts that science is proving all of this, helping us, backing up what we do actually, being able to say we're on the same page as human beings here. We, You and I, Kelly, are not on opposite sides of science. Mm-hmm. We are on the very same side and they're proving all of that. And his book does a beautiful job explaining it. I want to continue, though, because what you're explaining is the same thing that dead people experience. So you're talking about technically still alive human beings, even if they're on life support, may not be conscious, may be conscious, but might not be verbal. And they're experiencing the same shift or alteration in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell you, it just brings to mind one particular lady who I was working with in the hospital and she had, she was nonverbal, she'd had a stroke. And she was telling me in, I, I better preface this by saying I was sitting in the room with her and her family, and some nursing staff. And she was explaining to me now she's unconscious, what had happened to her earlier in the day, and that the nurses had taken her for certain tests. And she was able to read her own tests. She knew she gave me the information. So when I said it to the nurses in the room, I mean, I didn't know this. I didn't know. I personally wasn't there earlier in the day to know that this woman had been tested for anything. When the family invited me, I arrived and said she'd been off earlier that day. These were the results of the tests. Somehow her energy gives me this information. Again, saying that she goes back in time or can tell me what had happened to her earlier that day. She's nonverbal. She's giving me that information. And I'm saying that out loud and the nurses are able to confirm that that was true. They had to go off and find out the results of those tests and come back and say, I don't know how you knew this. I don't know how she would know it. But here's the information. It's correct information. It's not explicable other than to say that time really isn't what we think it is. Or as Greg Braden would say, that it really does fractal. And as shamans, do we have access to those different places in time? Or as Dumbledore would say, time is making fools of us again. Yeah, isn't that true, eh? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. I love mm. how beautifully eloquent that is. Mm, because I think as humans, we want to control it. Well, we think And we prove that by wanting to measure it. Right. Yeah. And it, it, oh my. And I guess in so many ways, we need to do it to some degree, right? We have to make an appointment to be all at the same place at the same time. But boy, oh boy, when you start communicating with nonverbal people and people who have died, you really learn that time isn't what we think it is. And we still get to respect parts of that, of what it is for us as humans. 
but your mind has to expand. It has to incorporate more. It has to grow to accept more instead of being confined to what we think it is by definition. And these beautiful souls who are nonverbal for any reason, who are in different dimensions for any reason, and I say that, Kel, because some people could be autistic and say, I, I can experience this. Some people could say, you know, someone's unconscious or has cerebral palsy. Do they? They're bedridden. Do they? Well, I think we all experience it when we sleep. Or daydream. I And I know I want to kind of break up sleep in two different ways, too. I've been asleep in my bed at night where I've had three full dreams and I've woken up five minutes later. Mm-hmm. And I could have sworn I'd been sleeping for the whole night. Oh, yeah. Based on the experiences that I had in a visual, in a visual way. Yeah. And I've passed out before and thought I'd been out for hours, and it was more, it was more or less about twenty seconds. Do you mean fainting? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There is another opportunity for being out of body. Well, we could go on and and say how as as we journey as we are shamans or anybody's taking a course and journeying, or how about meditating? How about praying? There are so many different opportunities as humans where we all experience something like this. And somebody might say, oh, I totally get it. I feel like that when I'm with my newborn baby. Or how about when we're at work, when time goes backwards? Oh, it slows down because, Mm -hmm. oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I think, you know, Kel, I felt like that at times when I was bored. Mm-hmm. When I was in jobs where there was just nothing to do and eight hours felt like 50. Or when you're super excited and something feels like it's forever before it's going to come, mm-hmm. right? Or you're scared. You have to have a surgery and you don't want it to. And time seems to be speeding up too fast. Well, these are all lessons that I've learned from speaking to people in the spirit world, from people who crossed over and how important it is for them to say to us as humans, Time isn't what we think it is. The dimensions aren't what we think they are. And are you able to connect to bigger thoughts? Maybe things that take you outside of what you were taught in a religion or a science class or on a TV show or in a movie. But can you actually connect to what exists instead of what you were told exists? And I think this is one of the beautiful things as a medium that we get to do and what we get to show people is a potential for them too, not just for us. I find this really fascinating, but I want to go in on just another kind of avenue before we end the show, Cal. And that is where people go back and forth between being in their body and leaving their body to die in that process where some people who, whether they're injured and are experiencing it or were sick and go back and forth and the wonderful opportunities that they have when they cross over, when we think that they're leaving or they're not in the body anymore, we think they're dying, where they're able to experience going to the other side and are able to see how gentle, how kind, how loving, how what a wonderful experience it can be. It's not full of fear. It's not full of punishment. But when they come back into the body, and we look at them and now they're awake or what we would call lucid, that they have an opportunity when they've come back to say, hmm, when I was crossing over, I saw how I treated this woman standing beside me. Um, I have an opportunity now before I finally leave for good to say I'm sorry. 
or thank you, or I forgive you, or could you forgive me? But a number of things, we have a chance as they're going through that process to say or to do different things before we leave. And that's, again, a wonderful experience that someone could go through. And for others, Cal, it's a terrible experience because they don't take any of the opportunities. They may see them there and still not use their words. And some want to and can't because the body won't let them. And I think it's one of the most beautiful things that we get to do as mediums is to say, yes, she learned as she was crossing over. When she came back in, your mom wanted to say something to you. And this is what she wanted to say, that she was sorry, or whatever it is. And they get to hear those words finally. We get to be their voice for that. And again, that's just showing what time is able to do for us. When I'm channeling that type of message for somebody who's come in and booked, you know, a half hour or one hour with a medium, and I have that type of an opportunity to say that this person, say dad, as he's crossing over was back and forth, and these are the things that he wished he was able to say, his physical form wasn't able to say it. Maybe a drug wouldn't allow him to at this point. Maybe his muscles were relaxed because of an injection of something. And he wasn't able to use the voice to say, I love you another time. Or I'm sorry. Or, you know, the financial papers are in the garage and a file cabinet filed under G. <laughs> like whatever it is that they want to say. I feel really privileged to be able to retrieve that memory in time and those moments for that person and still give the message to the people on earth so they can take the information currently in time and make use of it to the best of the ability that they can or want to. Yeah and you say make make the best use of it and I think of time because if they don't get the sorry or I love you then they can spend their entire human time in a state of constant grief or in a rage, which is a different kind of grief. And we end up wasting our time and our energy. Yeah. In a linear and non-linear way. Mm -hmm. I think as mediums, what we try to say silently to every single client, because we choose to do this with our lives, is to say to people that we value time. We value each human's experience here on earth. That's why we're trying to help them get the messages that they need. Mm -hmm. And give time back to them. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Have a wonderful weekend.